An Orthodox priest once said, A single death is a tragedy, but millions of dead are a mere statistic. My name is Amanda. And I'm Kristen. And we are the Extra Sisters. So sit back, relax, and let's get creepy. So, before we begin our second Haunted Happy Hour, this episode is called Haunted by the Hundreds. And the theme of this is going to be mass death. But we're not going to talk about shootings and terroristic things. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about disease epidemics and war and hauntings and death that have resulted in some of the worst of those wars and plagues. So uh, tell me about that little quote in the beginning. All right. So that quote you guys just heard was actually done by an Orthodox priest who we now know of the name Joseph Stalin. Oh, yeah. He's a good priest. Which here's the statistics that he's talking about. If you don't know enough about Joseph Stalin, here we go. Joseph Stalin killed 2 million people. He killed them in mass controlled famines in the gulag, which that's where they were shipped off to remote camps and they were just told to live somehow. They starved. They had executions. They killed thousands of captive Polish officers. So... That's a whole other thing. I mean, we're, we're talking about the wages of war. People get captured all the time. And poor. Cute. Great man. Yeah. Love him. So on the last Haunted Happy Hour, it started with us opening our drinks up. And in this one, we have our half a bottle in of our one and a half liters of wine. So we're ready. <laughs> we're there. <laughs> so... Here we go, I guess. We've got all the lights off and the candles on again. This one I don't think will be quite as creepy because it's not like something that could come into the house and happen right now. Yeah. You know, it's more like location-based, but it's still... It's still creepy to think of, like, mass disappearances or deaths or yeah. things like that. Or an epidemic just wiping out hundreds of thousands of people exactly. like that. And yes. it could, we don't know, it could happen again. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, we got measles right around the corner. Who knows what's going to happen? <laughs> Moving on. (laughs) I gotta move up. Okay. And again, if you don't remember from the first Haunted Happy Hour, this is a pretty informal episode. There will be a little bit of editing when we're just like sitting around. Or if you hear some like really nasty drinking sounds, (laughs) we might have to get a couple of those out. But for the most part, this is just us sitting down, drinking a lot of wine, hanging out with you guys and talking about some scary things. In the dark, creeping each other out. Right. It's perfect. I wish we could have you all in my little podcast room in my in my house but, oh, but it's pretty hot right now that'd be even worse i don't have ac well, even if we turned it on it'd be it'd make too loud noises. Yeah. <laughs> so we're suffering but we're drinking so that's fine yeah. we'll forget about it here in a minute <laughs> so we looked into just mass and we looked at diseases and war i mean those are the biggest things that are going to cause mass death right so the first thing we looked at was actually a little island and it called povelia Which I'm sure people have heard of. I know you showed me it was on Ghost Adventures. Yes. (laughs) For a little bit. And people have said stories. It is supposedly so haunted that the Italian government won't even let people on it. Yeah. Which, this is true. The Italian people government won't let people on it because it was a place that people were dumped for the Black Plague. They were exiled to die. Yes. And there are two or more plague pits on this island where a hundred 
thousand people or more are estimated to have died. The island is made up fifty percent of ash, like human ash. Yes, like mm-hmm. you, like right now, like right now. <clears throat> people aren't allowed because these were all plague victims, yeah. and the Italian government is so scared that there's. I mean, it's fifty percent ash. It's fifty percent people. Yeah, that that is still around, and they're going to contract it, and it's going to cause more problems. Oh my god. Workers collected the dead, threw them in the graves all day without a break. Often the dying ones, too sick to move or talk, were taken for dead, thrown on the piled corpses. So can you imagine that? Like, you're not even dead at that point. You just can't talk, but you know what's going on. So you're just going to lay on top of the rest of the dead bodies. And then they're going to bury you alive. No wonder this place is so freaking haunted, dude. Yes. Like. Exactly. I would haunt people if that was my death. And then just picture this. So. I don't know if a lot of people know what the Black Plague is about, but it starts with you get tumors in your armpit or your groin, and then you get a fever, and then you just start vomiting blood. You take like two to seven days to die. That's it. Mm. And they were going to die in two to seven days. That's it. Like you just imagine you're going to have something to do the next day and it's just over. It killed 75 to 200 million over four years. They don't, like, imagine how vast a number that is. They don't even know yeah. how many people it killed. The U.S. is 327 million like, right now. So mm-hmm. if it killed 200 million people. Yeah, wipe out almost an entire country. A big country. Yeah. Fairly, you know. And there was almost no survival. It took 90% of the people it infected. I mean, at that point, do you want to live? No. I mean, you're vomiting blood, and, and there were, like, blister. I mean, just you're, you were just yeah. in so much pain all the time. So 100,000 people got taken to this island, and 90% of them died. At least. Yeah. So just imagine that mass number of people dying, and imagine after that the souls that didn't cross over or lost. Because, you okay, let's just say you believe that... In order to be at peace, there are certain things that have to be met. And if you believe some horror movies and some folktale and, you know, things like that, you have to have a resting site or, you know, kind of know where you died. And you're throwing hundreds and hundreds of people into pits just all together. That's no one's grave. You know, it is National Paranormal Day. Yep. So happy National Paranormal Day. So we're going to be talking about ghosts. Yes. Lots of them. So I have a few stories around the plague and hauntings and they're all in europe and more like in it um speaking of i'm gonna refill my wine real quick so one second one second i need you to top me off as well okay (laughs) just a little bit oh thank you well that's a lot goodness well there's not that much left in the bottle that's true (laughs) we'll finish that we'll top off later all right so i'm gonna pick up on Pavalia. So you <clears throat> you have more ghost stories. I do. Than so I, was able I to did find. the more paranormal things and I looked. Mm-hmm. Granted, you know, some of these are personal accounts, some of these are from websites that's not exactly like mm-hmm. the, you know, <laughs> uh, New York Times, but I think that there's merit to them otherwise the yeah. Italian government wouldn't be shutting shit down and you wouldn't need a permit to go. Exactly. You know, based in a bunch of information and I wrote it into something that I could read and would be easily understood. So I did not copy and paste this, but I did take a lot of different things. So I'm just going to read it as I have it. And then we can stop and talk in certain points. And I haven't heard any of these. Right. 
We try to keep these as separate as possible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. While there are not many stories of specific ghosts or spirits haunting the island, obviously with a sheer amount of disease, fear, and death that filled the island during the Black Death, most of the stories from people that visit are stories of what they felt. Imagine walking onto a piece of land and immediately feeling watched by hundreds of eyes. I mean, whether you want to believe in ghosts or not, just imagine... So you go into a metropolitan city, you go into Boston, you go into New York, you go into something like that, you feel the energy of people. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's gone. I don't believe it's gone. I believe that energy is still there. So even if there aren't ghosts wandering around, which I do believe there are, even if you don't, it, that energy is still Definitely. You. I mean, massive amount of people yes. died there. That doesn't just... Even even if you're in the mindset of, oh my God, hundreds of people died here, that's going to weigh on you. Yes. You know? People often describe heavy and intense feelings of sadness to the point of breaking down. People have been pushed, grabbed, touched, and scratched. Most people without even seeing anything. So whatever's here is obviously angry or sad. Or scared. Or, or scared or reaching for something that is like, could you comforting. Like taken from their families and taken to this island to die. Many of them children. I'd be terrified. Yeah. So it's not even necessarily, they may not be like, you know, evil or trying to harm you. But on the same note, some of them might be. I think it's a mixed bag. You know, these are all different people with different backstories and different perceptions and different circumstances. And then that energy, like you said, it they die and yeah. what's left. And back then, I mean, they were even speaking, who right. knows? Yep. They were so alone. Especially if there were three to four to a bed. You're just dogpiling people on top of each other. Yeah. That's the most know, inhumane. You don't know anybody. Yeah, exactly. That's so lonely. I would, scary. You don't ever hope somebody in your family gets sick, but I would like, oh my God, I hope my mom or dad is sick or something so we can just go die together. Right. And I don't have so to you die don't have alone. to be alone. Yeah. Most people, even before they see any apparitions, leave quickly due to the sheer feeling of terror and the weight of death. Just that alone is enough to be horrifying. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about the 1920s. Okay, what happened in the 1920s? After the island was no longer needed for us to house the mentally ill. The stories paint a picture of something we've seen in horror movies time and time again. An asylum that keeps patients in inhumane condition and subjects them to unnecessary and cruel scientific experiments. Plus, you're taking something that's already haunted, that's already driving sane people insane. And putting... Mentally unstable. Mm -hmm. This is like a mecca for haunt. And like they're probably seeing ghosts and they can't even tell anybody because no one's going to believe them. Exactly. They're just crazy. It is that believed that lobotomies could treat and cure mental illness. And most of these patients on this island were forced into treatment against their will. Of people course. make me sad. All over the yeah. world, lobotomies just ruined people. And if How you don't sad. know what lobotomy is... They're basically cutting into your brain yeah. and... So that you're more pliable. It doesn't right. fix anything. It doesn't help anything. Mm-hmm. You're just more pliable to them mm-hmm. to do whatever they want with you, to yep. bathe you, to do whatever they need to do. Yeah. But you're no longer you. And the worst part comes here, like in my next sentence. He used hammers, chisels, drills, and no anesthesia or sanitization. And this could happen to anyone. This happened to women who were gay. This happened to children that were ADHD. This happened to anyone Mm -hmm. that wasn't the norm. And then you even look at people that were just like schizophrenic. Yeah. That's not their fault. No. I mean, it's horrifying. You're already scared by the life you live every day by seeing things no one else sees. Mm -hmm. And now you get something hammered into your... Skull. Your skull. While you're awake. No. 
For experiments even worse than that, he brought patients up to the hospital bell tower. It is still not fully known what he did there. Oh. Yeah. Fucking God. Mm-hmm. Like, you're already drilling into people's skulls. How much worse can it get? That's the scary thought. Yeah. I don't want to. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I mean, and and so you've got the poor plague victims who are probably just lost souls, but then you've got these tortured mental patients mixed in with that bag. That are just joining in, yeah. And that are, those people are angry as they should be. Yeah. You know, especially imagine dying from a botched lobotomy or whatever he was doing in that bell tower. Yeah. Eventually, it is fabled that the doctor began to become mentally unhinged himself as the souls of those that he tortured and had died began to haunt him 24-7. Good. A fall from the bell tower resulted in his death. Some accounts say he jumped. Some believe he was pushed. And even further, some nurses that witnessed it say he survived the initial fall, but it came and choked him out. They're like, fuck you. And killed him. I'll fucking kill you anyway. Yeah. Yep. Apparently, his spirit still dwells in the tower, and you can hear the bell toll every night. Even before the hospital was closed in 1968... So 1920 to 1968, this hospital was active with patients. Those that worked and visited there reported seeing strange shadows following them through the hallways. Oh my God, following you? Jesus Christ, no. Like it wasn't just like you saw shadows around the corner. It was like the same one following you around. Like you keep looking back Mm -hmm. and it's something standing there. And then you keep going further and you look back and something's standing there. Yes. Fuck that. No. Like I want to visit, but also maybe I don't want to (laughs) visit. I want to visit, too, but I don't think we can get the permits for that. <laughs> yeah, fair. Also, I don't want the uh, Black Death, so... couple reasons not to go. Yeah. couple reasons. Which I just found out today I might get the measles, so that's cool. Thanks, society. <laughs> from, I'm sorry, uh, I'm not laughing at you. But <laughs> if you were vaccinated from 1963 to 1989, you should double-check with your doctor and uh, get that checked out, because you might that. Just, just... You should look just at that. Just Google it. Yeah. <laughs> After the hospital was stored and make it a private vacation island. Okay, one thing real quick. Yeah. I would love to just buy a private island. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. I bet they got it on the cheap, too. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine how quiet when we're podcasting? It'd be great. No planes. Yeah. No cars. No yee-yees. Yee-yee trucks. <laughs> Literally, when we were recording, <laughs> what were we recording? Yesterday we were recording Curse of La Llorona. Oh, that's right. And we kept having to stop because the same jacked up truck. Dude, he kept driving back and forth and back and forth. It was so frustrating. Oh my God. So when we get a Patreon, you'll be paying for a private island. That's what we're <laughs> saying. No. No, we. Anyways. I wish. So on their first day on the island, they experienced such evil and horror that they vowed to never return. Ooh, it's like Amityville Horror. Yeah. They went as far as to describe their daughter's face being grabbed and held by a strong paranormal force, saying her face was almost ripped completely off. Ooh, what the fuck? And why their daughter? What the fuck? Yeah. Okay, so I did watch, I didn't finish it, but I did watch a little bit of the Ghost Hunters episode, and that makes me think of, like, when he's taken over, like... He's overdramatic, but... Zach Biggins. Yeah. <laughs> but what is there that's just, like, getting people? Well, that's what a lot of um, psychics have been to the island, and I that kind of wraps up my thing, but a lot of psychics have been to the island, um, and they say that the energy is just so powerful and strong, feel that, and they can't stay because it makes them... They just feel angry and hurt and... Dude, I couldn't imagine scared that. Scared and... 
ill, you know. So I was told and almost forgot to mention to you guys that some shit is going down at my house right now. Oh, fuck. Side story. Side story, real quick. It's about ghosts. But it's not about mass ghosts. Okay. So I walked into my house. So for a few days, it's felt weird. Mm-hmm. Like I've hear, heard weird noises that I'm going. Mm-hmm. And you live alone. I can blame it on. Poor little black kitty. Yeah. <laughs> little black bees. Even though I know where they are, I'm like, oh, it must be that one. It's totally that one doing that right now. Whatever. I'll hear something drop like way down the hall. That's been happening for a few weeks. The other day, I walked into my house. I came home early from work. (laughs) I walked into my bedroom to change into sweats, which I always do. I change out of my work clothes into, you know, lounging clothes. And I walked back there. And when I walked back there, I have a door that swings sometimes by itself. So I prop a hamper in front of it. I always do. And it's a heavy hamper. It's full of clothes. So my cats can't move it. And we don't like laundry. No. So... (laughs) That hamper was moved, and that door was swinging. I get further, and there is a towel sitting on my bed. And I had literally just done laundry recently, so I know what towels were used because there's like two of them, and they're both red. And there was a and you live alone, and I live alone. And there was a white one sitting on my bed. There was, I'm a child and I like stuffed animals. Whatever. I had a stuffed animal that was sitting up on a shelf. Was it the whale? No, it was, I like how to train your dragon. It was toothless. Okay. And I had toothless up on a shelf and he had fallen down on the ground way far away from the shelf. Now I have cats, so they're who I'm blaming, but some shit's going down at my house because that hamper is too heavy for them to move. They're just kitties. And two of them are actually babies. Yes. Okay. So I'm still, I'm trying to keep myself sane. Nothing's happening. Nope, nothing Which at all. I forgot to bring Just up. Just keep drinking. I forgot to bring up. It's even been happening with you. I have one what? cat. One cat, you heard this. One cat at my with house me. keeps yelling at my door, at that middle room door. Oh, like when I've been there? I was yes. like, what's in my <laughs> Yes. There's, I keep this middle room door closed because it's where I keep like fragile stuff and yeah. they're just going to break it. Right. So I keep my office door closed and it's never been a problem. And within the last couple of weeks, he's been hanging out down the hall and he just keeps yelling at the door oh my God. over and over and over and over again. And you can try and get him away from it and he just keeps yelling at it. Yeah, I was there for one of those. Yes. You even asked me about it. You're like, what's he doing? I was like, he's just yelling at the door like he's been doing for a while, which is where I've had other paranormal experiences in. So I'm ignoring this. This happened two days ago. Yesterday, I went home, and the same thing happened. I went home, and I walked inside, and I heard one of my animals yelling. And I was like, what the (laughs) fuck is going on? I'm like, I'm coming to get you. I'm coming to get you. And he had been locked in the room that the hamper was propped against the door, the heavy hamper that he can't move. And the door closed all the way. Yes. It's not a swingy door. No. He's like. It was latched. Yes. He's oh. like six months old. He's not heavy enough to move it. It's full of clothes. It's too heavy. No. And that door was closed and he was locked in there. I had another one of my animals sitting on this really like six something foot cat tree. And he's sitting at the top and he stares behind me at nothing. No. Constantly. <laughs> so I haven't gotten to the point of sage yet, but just 
letting you guys know there's some shit going down at my house right now. We will keep you posted. I will. Or I'll quit and stop hanging out with you. I'm not sure <laughs> Great. Hmm. We'll see or what happens when I go home. send you to the island, yeah. So this actually is where even psychics and seasoned paranormal investigators that have been there say they will not return because of the deep anger they felt grip them as soon as they set foot on the island. It makes sense that after so many years, the spirits are still so enraged and lost. There are still human bones that wash up on shore every now and then, highlighting the gruesome deaths that have encased this island. Oh my god, are you serious? Yeah. Are you fucking serious? According to this one website, yeah. What the shit? <laughs> Two websites, I'm sorry. Um, because so there it's were, made of ass. It's made of people. It's made of dead bodies, yeah. And then more dead bodies keep washing up. I'm assuming their parts, they don't go very far, and the current just keeps bringing them back. Like a lake. Because or... it's in the ocean, yeah. Mm-hmm. Jaw bones. Jesus Christ. And that's not all. <laughs> so I've got more. All right. Let me go back to my first page here. These next ones are smaller, like just like one, like the same occurrences over and over, but in smaller towns. In the city of York in England, it is considered one of the most haunted places in Europe as a direct result of the mass amounts of people that died during the the Black Death. There has been one specific haunting in one specific house that has been more active and chilling than most. Families move in and out of this house and reports it to be difficult to live in due to the little girl that inhabits the home, weeping for her parents. How sad, right? How sad. Yeah. Oh it gets God. worse. It gets way worse. That makes, we don't even, we're not even going to talk about it in this one, but that makes me think of like Edinburgh and Mary King's Close and that little mm-hmm. girl that people bring, bring dolls to. Like, yeah. oh my God. The messed up part about this story is that the little girl lost both of her parents to the plague. It was such a highly contagious disease that those that were known to have it were often quarantined in their homes, and left to die. By the scariest people ever. Those yep. masks? Yep. Dude. In this case, the town assumed assumed the little girl was infected. And instead of having her they live... Didn't leave her in there. Instead of having her live with another family or being sent to an orphanage, the town left her in the house with her parents' rotting corpses, assuming she was infected. And she was healthy. Yeah. Oh, my fucking God. You've got your hand over your mouth right now. You're just staring at me. I'm horrified. Yeah. Like, this is just, this is disease, but also this whole episode is just the horrible things people do to each other. Yeah. When they're scared. Poor little girl. Like, yes, you're scared, but also she's terrified. Yeah. And she's just living, dying with these rotting corpses. Of her parents that she's just weeping for. Alone. I'm sure she's crying over their bodies. I can't talk about that anymore because I'm going to start talking about, like, imagine her telling them to wake up and, like, oh, my fucking God. Oh my God. Uh, she starved to death, alone and scared. Oh, my fucking God. And thus, she continues to weep for her family. People that have lived in, lived in the house or have visited not only report audible cries, but also feel hopeless, sad, and are filled with dread and regret. What else would you be filled with? I don't know. You kind of want to go back and save her. Oh, my Somebody God. Somebody should help her cross. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Just it puts you in that mindset of like, who was the one that locked the door? Who was the one that who locked her that? in there? Yeah. And lived with themselves. Mm-hmm. Or then you want to go real dark and be like, I hope they didn't. I hope they got the black. Maybe plague. they died. Most likely they did. It's true. Most people did. So I promise these other ones aren't as sad. That was the saddest one on my list by far of any of these haunts that we're going to talk about. People are horrible. Yep. 
the London Tunnel. This is pretty short, but there is a tunnel between Knightbridge and South Kensington that goes through a space that was used as a mass grave. So basically a body dump during the plague. What do they do with the bodies? Dump them. There's like just literal pits. I use body pit a couple times in these stories. I know there's body pits, but like when they did that tunnel, what'd they do with the the bones? Oh my God. I'm assuming they just rotted into the ground. I'm in a bad place just thinking about that (laughs) stuff. Uh, People traveling through the tunnel report seeing apparitions. They see people wandering through the tunnels, usually never saying anything, and that you will occasionally smell what can only be assumed as the smell of decaying bodies. What? Like these poor people are just wandering? Mm Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Yeah. Somebody should just go to Europe and do like a tour of helping the dead cross. Little sage sticks everywhere. Yeah. You're okay. You're safe. You can go. (laughs) Now this one I think you'll like mass death is more terrifying than these singular ghosts like that that's scary oh yeah that these single events happened but there's nothing you can do to help the black plague like it was gonna kill all these people because everybody like was you so massed together stop it mm-hmm. yeah yeah so this one i think you'll find more interesting than you will sad because it's folklore i'm ready okay pesta pesta like pestilence yes kind of yeah Ooh. yeah in Scandinavian folklore, Pesta is actually the personification of the Black Death itself. The legend says if she comes to your house with a rake in hand, some of your family may live. So it'll get through the little prongs in the rake. If she comes to your house with a broom, everyone in your family will die. Just sweeping them out. Exactly. She is described as being a shadowy, old, haggard woman, and she's also referred to as the Plague Hag dressed in a black hood and a red skirt. The trail she was foretold to take actually follows the real path of the Black Death through Europe. She traveled from farm to farm through the countryside. She was able to fly over mountains to get to the most remote places. It is even told, and most interestingly, that she got on boats and infected and killed all the sailors and fishermen aboard so that she could spread it even further. She was accused of captaining the ghost ship that brought the infected rats to Norway, which is how the plague began, there in Norway. Her name is similar to the bacteria at the root of the plague, Yersinia pestis. So I'm just in like a... Dark space. <laughs> dark space in my mind. Yeah, yeah. So I just need to talk. So we both have, both have had loved ones that have died of something... Beyond our help. That ha- Yes, but also that has taken... A while. I mean, not a while to us. Yeah. But a while. But some time. Could you imagine putting someone to bed and the next day they're on their deathbed? I couldn't imagine. Like, you're imagining, oh, hey, next week we're going to go till the farm. Next week we're going to go do this. We'll go into town or your dress will be ready or something like that. And that's just not. It just didn't happen for people. Mm-hmm. That scares me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, to imagine that life is so fleeting. It mm-hmm. could be just done. Who knows? I mean, let's be honest. We could have a nuclear bomb just take us out. Or a new plague. Absolutely. At any moment. And you know the scary thing? And we're going to lose people for this. And I don't really give a shit. Like, no offense. But there will be people. If a new mass bacteria or virus sweeps over. I know viruses. There's not much we could do. But bacteria... If we develop some sort of medication, there will still be people thinking it's the government trying to control them and they will not take it. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And yep. So, and let's just say, you know, that it is a virus. That's even scarier because especially being in healthcare, seeing viruses, there's nothing we do for them except basically wait them out and let them resolve themselves. Which is what this Black Death was. I mean, we just waited for it to kill. We didn't have antibiotics. And it was a bacteria. I mean, we didn't have those things. And we weren't developed enough to know that. And that's, you know, in my opinion, it's only a matter of time until something like that happens again. Humans are not equipped to sustain, in my opinion. Yeah. Whether it's we kill the earth and the earth is not equipped to sustain us. Yeah. Or the earth, in turn, takes us out. Yeah. I mean, let's be completely honest. We are only able to sustain a certain temperature. What happens if... I mean, it's already in India up to 150 to 120 degrees in their hottest months. Yeah. Air conditioning can help to a certain point. You can't go fucking out. You can't work. What about contractors, laborers, farmers? Yeah. What about their crops? What about the food? What about the insects, the bees? The bees are dying. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to get this deep, but we're drinking. So here we go. I mean, other animals can't even survive this. Like you're, I mean, this is a whole other thing, but you see your killer whales are having to go. My orcas. Are having to either die or figure out a way to get into other climates. Yeah. Tons of species. Even one of our best friends was talking about recently how they think that all the fish are going to be dead by 2050. 2050. All the major species. Which... I do believe is a little ridiculous. I think that there's going to be something that will find a shift. way. Yeah. Like that's what we species do is they evolve. But I feel like a lot of them are going to go. It's going to be a huge mass. And I feel like before humans were at the level that we're at today where we just have factories and factories of mass fishing and crops and animal agriculture, you know, it's like they were able to evolve. But what if we're acting too quickly quickly for nature to take its course well exact. well they can't evolve on two fronts they either have global warming or they have us so they have to pick one to evolve for either Mm -hmm. they evolve so they're harder for us to find so they're faster they're stealthier they're something or they evolve where climate change won't affect them so much which one do they pick which one does mother nature pick yeah Oh, this is a whole long thing. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's why we don't know what these haunted happy hours are going to be until we do them. And that's kind of like, you know, we're I'm, almost done with our bottle and yeah. it's a one and a half liters and we're not crying yet. So that's good. I mean, this is a whole other thing of it. This was just another step, I feel, in evolution. This was another twist that Mother Nature threw at people. And let's see how many people died and how many people. It's natural selection, as, as Darwin it. would say. But, you know, at the same time, it's not like the people that died were weak. no. It was just, uh, let's see who's going to get through. Let's see how humanity is going to evolve into something different. We couldn't handle it. It's not our fault. But what's happening to the earth right now is our fault. Yeah. We need to do something about it. Yeah. And, you know, I'm trying, but I'm not making as many steps as I should, you know. So that's going to be something I try to focus on more going into the rest of the year. But, yeah, the hauntings are scary. But like you said, what is scarier is that this is just waiting around some corner. They didn't know this was going to happen. No. Like all of, it just suddenly showed up. Mm-hmm. Who knows what's suddenly going to show up for us. And how it even, like, I didn't do any, like, in-depth medical research on the bubonic plague. 
But where did it originate? How did it originate? It's just a matter of time before something is basically in the perfect little Petri dish. Yeah. Waiting. Or the fact that humanity started this. Like, way back when, when it wasn't such a massive thing, bodies were found with this death. Mm -hmm. And they would take those bodies and launch them over walls into cities to get inside. Because they'd take that disease and then just spread it to the whole city so Mm -hmm. that they could get in. So it was warfare. Hey, I want to get in your city, but your walls are too intense. Die off. Thanks. Native Americans. Yeah. Disease is so scary. (laughs) Well, it's like, too, even, you know, like people sending anthrax to political leaders and stuff. Holy shit. You don't, you're going to open a letter. Exactly. Or those poor people on subways. And you don't even know. You're just going to work. Just, okay. Well, just recently in Colorado, in Denver, this semi-driver, 23 years old, just killed four people because he was not paying attention or something we something don't, we don't know exactly what they happened arrested yet, him for vehicular manslaughter him. so it was some sort of negligence they were all just driving home from work you don't even know you don't even know you're just driving home from work mm-hmm. just like any other fucking day mm-hmm. and then you're dead mm-hmm. death is fucking terrifying okay you know what though like i don't think death in itself like as a thing is terrifying i think the way that people can can die is terrifying the suddenness yeah because like that you put someone to bed and the next day they're dying yeah. well i think the way somebody dies you know is scary the fact the fever and stuff maybe that is death but you know what i mean like i think that death is is going to take us into some plane of the unknown that is going to transcend this this world that we have but then that's not really scary other than it being unknown. But just the way you have to get there and the trial you have to go through, whether that be disease or an accident or whatever, I believe is scary. Fully, wholeheartedly. This is one of those, like, I've since figured out is one of my core beliefs. I believe in resurrection. It happened. Like, I should be of the Hindu faith. I believe in karma. I believe in all like of reincarnation? that Like reincarnation? Reincarn- reincarnation. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. Sorry. Yes. No, yeah, I got you. Like that. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> Reincarnation. I feel like there are more people on earth now than have ever been in the history of the world than have ever existed. Where does all that energy go? Where does, where do all those people go? I mean, just, for, I would assume it's because our technology is better. We can keep people alive yeah. longer. I have more babies. We can, but we have more babies. So where are all those, for lack of a better term, where are those spirits coming from? They've mm. got to be more and more and more of them. Plus, they've got to still be, we've got to still be these plague victims. Yeah. These these people have still got to be on Earth. I hope that some of them are. I hope that some of them got a second chance at a better life in a more technologically advanced society. I believe they are. It would make sense about, the, like, you know, kids that say, oh, when I was whatever, I died on the Titanic or I would, you know, or whatever, yeah, you know, like that we, happens. We even watched The Prodigy recently, which was about, reincarnation. Hey, I remember this from way like back Previous when. life, yeah. yeah. That was a deep conversation. I'm sorry, you guys. I don't think you need to be sorry to them. I think that if they don't want to listen to an hour, they won't, and they'll still listen to other episodes. <laughs> so we're moving on from the Black Death. I have a lot of war stuff. And mine is mostly disease stuff from here on out. So you so you take a segue to war. All right. Mine are much smaller snippets, and I don't have a lot of ghost stories. It's mostly just like, here's what happens. Well, you're a history person, too. I really am. Mm-hmm. So ghosts scare the fuck out of me because I, I do 
feel spirits, so they yeah. scare me, but also just the the thought of the history scares me. Yeah. Of how many people just dying all of a sudden. Right. So I looked into quite a few things that just scare the fuck out of me. Let's just go into it and mm-hmm. see if there are a bunch of ghost stories. And I was able to track a few of some them down. down. Yeah. Right off the bat, I went to World War II. I mean, look at all the things that could have happened in World War II. First off. World War II is so scary to me because of the beginnings of the nukes. Yes, we have nuclear war. We have the Holocaust. We have all of these people with new weapons that are going into battle. Nuclear war is my biggest fear. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you don't even know. You're sitting here right now, and who knows? And we're in Colorado Korea, Springs. Korea. Do you know how many military bases would be a target yes. here? Absolutely. Like, we, I mean, that's why we're inland, but we live close to NORAD, and that has yeah. long been since that. Literally fifteen been minutes known. from my fifteen twenty minutes from my house. Yeah. yeah, that that would be a target. They can't. They probably couldn't get to it because NORAD Not is yet. a mountain. Right but they could get to us. Yeah. They could launch at it and see if they could hurt it and kill the fuck out of us. Yeah. But I looked into World War II first, and I started with, you know, the most obvious, and I looked at the Holocaust and concentration camps. So if you're sensitive to Auschwitz, um, the Holocaust, this is probably not the episode for you. And as a disclaimer, we're not talking about any of this to be disrespectful to not the people that all. went. That this we would never be respectful. Absolutely, of the horrible things that were done. And so, but if this is sensitive to you, we would just like to put in a trigger warning that we are going to talk about the Holocaust. So, again, if you're sensitive to that, please rejoin us in our next horror movie review. But I just wanted to put that out there. So, during the Holocaust, in concentration camps, 15 to 20 million people either died or were imprisoned in these camps. It's not just one. I mean, there were tons of them. Millions. Millions. Literal millions. 15 to 20 million people. Like, that were just trying to live the life that they were raised to live or they chose to live or that they felt was the bright path for them. Why is this even bad? I don't I don't get... But I kind of at least mathematically get why it was a problem way back when during like Egyptian time. Because they went after one god and no one else did. Why mm-hmm. was it a problem now? Why? Yeah. It's ridiculous. Most people that were chosen to work in these camps. So a lot of people were sent right to, you know, the ovens. Yeah. Were sent right to let's just kill them. The gas chambers, yeah. People that were selected to work. They lasted about seven weeks before they starved. That was it. They were worked to starvation. They might have contracted a disease that might have killed him. Let's, I don't know. I'm not even saying let's hope, but I don't know. Starvation just sounds so horrible to me. And slow and painful. Or they just became too sick that they couldn't work anymore and the sickness took them. They couldn't eat. They couldn't work. Who knows what happened. People who go to concentration camps now, and this has been documented at Auschwitz, this has been documented at Birkenau, Dachau, all of those big ones that we know, and I'm sure all the little ones too that people don't really visit, but the big ones that people go to, Mm -hmm. people walk in there, and as soon as they walk in, they will pass out from the energy surge. Just imagine all those people that died there for that much energy to take someone out. I'm, like, not trying to be, you know, I we have killed the one and a half milliliters of, or liters of wine, by the way. <laughs> but 
I think that we're both to an extent, like, I know I am, and we've talked about this, you know, before, of how, I guess you could say empathetic, but I don't even want to put myself on the same playing field as these people that went through this. But, like, I care so deeply about people, Mm -hmm. and it's, I'm, like, on the verge of tears just, you know, I have never been to Europe. Mm -hmm. I have never even been to Ground Zero Memorial in New York And I think that one of those reasons is because I'm, right now, I feel like I'm too weak Mm -hmm. to face that part. I think you would probably be one of those people to pass out. I think I'm too weak to face that part of humanity. Because whether you are Christian, Jewish, Jewish, Muslim, agnostic, atheist, Hindu, Buddhist, I don't really care. Mm -hmm. Like, that doesn't affect me. And you have a right to be whatever you want to be or feel called to be. And for someone to take out millions of people in the most horrific ways, like, it's not a, um, this isn't groundbreaking stuff we're exploring in the Extra Sisters podcast. Everyone knows this is horrible. Mm -hmm. But talking about it on this scale and talking about, literally talking about the souls that could still be trapped there or wandering there. If you just look at it from a paranormal standpoint, you know, who got left behind? I personally don't believe anyone's there. I believe that death, and especially mass death, causes an intense surge of energy. Yeah. And that energy is trapped. And that energy is feeding off of people who are walking in. And that's what they're passing out from. But the people are gone. I think the people are gone. I think that. I think this is echoes. Yeah. But it's still horrifying. They're loud echoes. Could you... Putting yourself historically in that standpoint of... Even these little SS, because I don't, there were little SS guards who, maybe not SS, there were little German guards that were in this that didn't really know what was going on until they saw these poor people. Yeah. And then they were also sitting there going, what am I supposed to do? They could kill me also. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine being these guards, feeling that energy, feeling those, like people coming off trains, screaming for their loved ones, freaking out, crying. That energy is going to leave a mark. As it should. We should learn from it. Yeah. We should always, we should always feel that. Yes. Because we did, I'm not saying we like, I'm like, yay, Hitler. Us as a human. As a a race, we allowed that to happen. Absolutely. And I know that as the United States, we were against it. But I just mean as, as one human race on this planet, doesn't matter what country you're from. It doesn't matter what religion you practice. We are all here together. We have one planet and one people. Yes. And we let that happen. And luckily, we were on the right side of history. But that doesn't mean the, ger- like, modern-day Germans are bad people. Like, but... What have we lost? Do you know what the right side of history would say? That yeah. that was okay to genocide an entire people. Mm-hmm. But Gotta if, look at it that way. And on the flip side of that, you know, we say, oh, yeah, we're on the right side of history, but we weren't with the natives. Damn straight. Do you know that that's how Hitler found his idea of the concentration camps was because of what we did to the Native Americans? Did not know that. It's fucking horrible. Because I'm from Texas and history was whitewashed. It's fucking horrible and it disgusts me. We learned about the Trail of Tears and nothing else. And it was a little, like, two-paragraph portion of that time frame. I've got some stories for you. Okay, I'm sorry. I'll let you keep going. <laughs> so that was the biggest point is that people walk into these concentration camps and they pass out. Other things have been found as well. They have found orbs on camera, which... I believe in the paranormal. I believe in ghosts. Not sure so much I believe in orbs. But they have been found on camera. 
Also, the one I do believe, and they have video, they have audio of this, screams are heard occasionally throughout the halls. I bet. Of Auschwitz, which is where, I mean, there's a separate part where people were dissected and twin studies were done and stuff like that. Of mm-hmm. course, there's screams. When people are stabbing a needle into your eye to change its color, you're going to scream. Yeah. Sticking with World War II, off. Such a horrible thing. Mm. I mean, it's still horrible, but I went on and I looked at Pearl Harbor because this one I did know is known to be haunted. Pearl Harbor? Yes. So on the morning, if, I mean, I'm sure people know from history class, but I'm just going to. On the morning of December 7th, as people were eating breakfast, so this was right in the morning, people were just waking up. Some people were still asleep. They were starting their days. 2,345 soldiers were killed. As ships sank in the harbor, men were trapped below, and with no way to save them, crews listened to them drown, Mm. or worse to me, starve to death. Airstrips were also attacked, and the island to this day as a whole is haunted. Doors swaying by themselves, lights flicker, keys jingle, radio stations change by themselves, the USS Arizona, there were many places where people listened to these poor guys starve to death. They were pounding on walls. That's going to leave something. And especially the airfields all over the island, it's everywhere. People's regular homes are haunted by these poor men. They're wandering. Yes. Sticking with World War II, I had one last thing that I really wanted to delve into because I figured there had to be ghost stories on this. And there were stories. Did not disappoint did not it wasn't just swinging doors and stuff like shit happens the a-bomb so there were two of them i'm sure we know this from history class they were dropped on august 6th and august 9th respectively for hiroshima and nagasaki they killed between 129,000 people to 226,000 people. That's literally my worst fucking nightmare. A fucking bomb like that. You can't see that coming in. It's so. And it didn't kill those people all at once. It killed them over four months. That's what I'm saying. That I would rather be like right in the yeah. the one mile Absolutely. radius. Just take me out immediately. Because the pain. When you look at the photos mm-hmm. of the people in Japan. And you see their, their shadows are burned into the ground. Half of the people were killed on the first day. Just mercifully picture that for a second. 65,000 people were gone like that. Gone. Your loved ones, your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, your child. Gone. My biggest fear. I, I just... Is that, that is my biggest fear. And just to put you in that fear... This is what people of radiation poisoning die from. So that, let's hope you're in the epicenter and you just die from the fire or the explosion the all at once. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's hope. Because if you don't, this is what happens. You bleed to death. People bleed to death from their eyes, gums, and stomach linings. You vomit. Your limbs swell to twice to three times their normal size. And your skin falls off. Your brain starts to swell until you pass in and out of consciousness and then you're just dead. That's what scares me. Being far enough out to where you're going to die pretty quickly, relatively. But still horrifyingly. But not over like decades because of radiation poisoning. Like the the, the five mile radius, let's say, to where you're going to have the most horrific 
painful death. And I just don't, I know that war is a part of our human condition. And I'm not saying that anybody or any country is perfect because as, as an, as an American, I don't like where we're at Mm -hmm. as a country. And there are a lot of things I don't agree with. And I know that being a pro-peace, world peace person is so far from the realm of possibility. But nobody, those Japanese citizens, they were not the people that bombed Japan. Mm. And and the people in fucking Syria are not ISIS. The mayor of Hiroshima was just having breakfast with his son and his granddaughter. He was just sitting at breakfast, had no idea anything was going to happen. And then all of a sudden, the worst the thing world ended. Yeah. It's just done. You just assume, hey, today I'm going to that meeting. Hey, today when I get home, I'm going to have this for dinner. It doesn't always mean that's going to happen. Governments are in wars. Civilians are usually are not. You know. I mean, it did hit military bases, but a lot of I it understand. was civilian. But if they, okay. We so hit our own guys. We, we had guys over there that they wouldn't give us back that we killed. We are in Colorado Springs. Yeah. If somebody wanted to hit a military base yeah, they here, would, they, would. they would hit the academy. They would hit Peterson. They could hit Shriver. They could hit Fort Carson. They could hit NORAD. NORAD. We would be gone. I live south, Colorado Springs. We're just surrounded Peterson, by bases. Peterson is an exit down. And NORAD is just 20 minutes away from me, mm-hmm. which means Carson is only about 20 minutes away from me. Also, let's look into the fact that there are I think two military bases in Denver. There's a one small base in Pueblo. And when you look at the trajectory of a nuke, yeah. 30 miles to Pueblo is not that bad. You know, on the bright side, we've got military technology that will probably intercept it, pick it up, have it explode over the ocean, detonate it. What's that going what to do to us eventually? That's what I'm saying. Like, you know, the radiation from japan when that power plant power plant excuse me yeah nuclear plant went into the ocean is still coming up in our seafood yep still and that's one of the reasons i'm not trying to be elitist that's one of the reasons i am not pescatarian because of mercury and radiation and shit like that i'm i don't eat meat because of the shit that's in it and that includes fish because of what happened over there and what is still happening to our seafood it's still leaking. Absolutely. Sorry, go ahead. Nope. Fine. Tangent. And again, this is going to be what these haunted happy hours are. And if you're with us, we're like an hour into our raw audio. Yeah. We hope We got that, a lot more to go. Yeah. You know, this is something that's, I'm not going to say fun for us because I'm not enjoying it because we didn't know what direction this was going to go. It is kind of cool to talk about though. Yeah. In like a really scary way. Yeah. So in Hiroshima... There was an army officer that was over there living with his family. And the wife decided to take their son down to the river. Because, you know, they had the day off. Let's go hang out. She took her son down there. And her son looked down at the river and looked at his mom and goes, I don't understand why all those people are looking at me. And she looks in and she's like, what do you what people? There's no people there. And he's like, all those people that there's people floating in the river, but there's also people just staring at me. So people, not just this child, many people over the years have seen 
bodies floating in the river, ghosts of people swarming the river to drink. And the reason why is because Nagasaki was built on, it's called Seven Rivers, that's what the name's after. It was built on numerous rivers, and the people swarmed, that lived, well, for a little bit, swarmed to these rivers because they were dying. Their throats were, they're clogging up, you can't talk, you can't drink, you can't do anything, and they're freaking out, and they're swarming to these rivers to try and live, drinking as much as they can, dying. That's why these bodies are floating in there. And people are seeing visions of this. I I hope that these things and holocaust and the the a-bombs and you know the island of the black death and the tortured you know if anything i hope that those spirits or visions stay around enough to remind us absolutely what that looks like absolutely and you know people that even don't believe it and the leaders of our world they i hope that the universe the world the other realms something i and again i it's hard for me to believe i was raised protestant you know and southern protestant so this some of this stuff kind of goes against what i was brought up to believe but i hope that it does exist and i hope that it continues to remind us as a people what are we fighting about i think it does exist i think people just are too ignorant to believe that or scared and they ignore it or they forget well, and I was going to say in the the society that we're in now is so, you know, go, 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 go. Like, you know, there's news every single day about what's going on How in the are world. are supposed to remember everything? And there's news also. We've got friends, unnamed friends with powerful military husbands. And their husbands will not let them travel out of the country. And they don't know yeah. why. They're sh- like to normal countries. Like. To Europe. To Europe. Where yes. it should be safe, right? No. Brad and I are going to Mexico on a delayed honeymoon for our first anniversary. Yeah. Do you know how many people are like, oh, you shouldn't go to Mexico? Yeah, because you're going to get taken. Yeah. You're going to get snatched. And I'm like, you know what? At least I'll be at the beach. <laughs> like, I mean, you've got to live at some point. you got to go. Something's going to happen. Whatever. Yeah. Go got to live. So we just took a pee break and have decided <laughs> when we got up that we are obliterated. Super drunk. <laughs> Which is helping us, like, really get into how horrifying this is. Maybe drink a little bit but when you listen. Yeah, it's also, like, you know, everything is worse when you're drunk. Okay, let me rephrase. This is as bad as it gets no matter what. Yeah. But I'm extra empathetic to these people because a lot of times I can't think about it because I get too sad. But then when you put, you know... We just split a one and a half liter bottle of 12% wine. That's not like your normal, like, 7% wine. We um, did. Like, I had to wipe away tears talking about, you know, the atomic bombings. And I think that's so far away for us. You know, we're both millennials and it happened before we were alive. But we still see veterans of World War II well, come into our office. I believe in reincarnation. Re- reincarnation. Yeah, yeah. I don't believe that it's so far away. Yeah. I believe that we lived through that some of us yeah we've got to remember that somewhere yeah dig dig in so i'm going to jump in back into disease because like most of mine were disease related Mm -hmm. and this next one is about smallpox okay 
just the one okay. um it's not that bad i mean it's bad but it's i don't have a bunch of like horrifying sad stories yeah. this is just a general story of a haunting i feel like we did good on opposites because the disease stuff is really freaking me out and the Sorry. war stuff is freaking you out yeah it really is okay the renwick smallpox hospital opened in 1856 renwick smallpox hospital sat on an island near new york city then called blackwell island over 30 years of treating the disease, over 13,000 patients died within its walls. In New York alone. Yeah. In 1973, the island was renamed Roosevelt Island, which a lot of people don't know. And Renwick was abandoned completely as it had been deteriorating over time. As a visitor today, you can walk the lit pathways around the building, but restoration has thus far been incomplete and unsuccessful, although there have been many attempts with several million dollars thrown at the hospital to bring it back to life. The inside of the building is crumbling and rotting. Though no one goes inside, just being near the hospital, people have shared paranormal experiences. On multiple occasions, tourists and paranormal enthusiasts have reported moaning, strange clinking, and wheel sounds maybe like a gurney, and even what seems to be a dark shadow. So specifically one dark shadow constantly following you and watching you from around corners and behind buildings. You are follows you. Mm -hmm. You are still able to observe the building, but only from afar behind a gate. So the reason I didn't dive into smallpox a lot is because you have some, you have some Native American things that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Mine's mostly still war, but yeah. Yeah. And you know, also, I think that if you've talked about the epidemic of the Black Plague, that is, I'm not going to say all-encompassing because but it's you've different. you the fear and but you understand. Exactly. You know, I don't need to tell you how smallpox is terrifying because we just talked about how the plague was terrifying. But smallpox affected us here in the United States and it was brought over by the Europeans. Right, where Black Death didn't really touch us. Right. And it was too early. But smallpox was terrifying over here yeah exactly so that's what i've got there rhododendron village referred to as the graveyard of the oregon trail rhododendron village served as a campsite for pioneers traveling on the oregon trail is that like the game i died of dysentery kind of yes but you would be a real sad way but you would be surprised actually i'll get into it in just a second but it's not all disease not that it's much better but it's it's not all disease yeah the campsite was at the end of a particularly treacherous and deadly stretch of steep, jagged terrain that had to be crossed in order to push west. By the time the pioneers arrived, their livestock would be spent and starved, and they would usually have at least one dead from either disease, the elements, or a wagon accident as a result of the steep conditions. It has been found during modern restoration and exploration to basically be a mass pioneer graveyard, thus infested with haunts. People report orbs appearing and disappearing throughout the bunkhouses, and some being so apparent they take up entire photographs. The buildings shake under people's feet as though there is a small degree earthquake beneath them. There are even reports of someone taking a photo of a mirror, and when the photo was developed, there was a clear image of a woman's face looking back at them in the mirror. And every single day at 4 a.m., a door opens that used to be an old mess hall. And people believe it is a cook preparing to make breakfast. You look upset over there. So that one freaked me the fuck out. 
So a little bit more on the woman. That mirror was above a piano. So she's probably sitting at the piano. (gasps) (laughs) You're just like standing there and she's just standing there and you just don't know because you're on different planes. How terrifying. I think that's what freaks me out so much about ghosts is because I believe they are real. They're just on a different plane that we can't see, but they can see us. Mm-hmm. That, that's horrifying knowing or, that someone's watching you that you can't see. Maybe they, they, maybe they can, but they don't know that we can see them. You know what I mean? The West stuff really like freaks me out. Makes mm-hmm. me sad just to think that people were trying to escape the smog, the diseases, like tuberculosis, typhoid, any huge diseases that are going on in these big cities. That's what these families are trying to escape from, and they decided to escape from that they were going to go all the way across the country to try and go someplace that was safe and they can't even manage that they then die of cholera they die of indian attacks they die of rapids trying to cross rivers it's horrible this one was a mountain pass yeah then you have the donner party you have people eating you i know it's so because this one was it's it this is near mount hood in oregon and so that also, they were almost there. I was like, they were the, basically They were in there. Oregon. And this is, you can still go to this. And yeah. The West really, and especially I really identify with, with Indians. I really identify with them. And thinking of the diseases and wars that were fought upon them. Who they're just trying to live. They're just trying to do their thing. Yes, they're fighting wars upon other people. That has been generational. Mm-hmm. But they're just trying to live. And all of a sudden we've got the trail of tears and we've got smallpox and that's so sad european culture invading once again they're just trying to hey tomorrow's gonna be great the next three generations are gonna be great for my family and then they're just not so the last little disease thing i have here is about cholera which is i i believe i remember correctly is a gi horrible (laughs) horrible horrible yeah you basically puke and shit out diarrhea yourself to death yeah this is the Cholera Cemetery in Sandusky, Ohio. So I would like That's to start... A cemetery for it. Mm-hmm. I would like to start this off by saying this is a small-scale cholera story. But this is just an example of what was happening during this time. In the mid-1800s, a cholera epidemic gripped the United States. It arrived in Ohio in 1849. And is located in large metro areas, like Cincinnati, flocked to the outskirts in an attempt to escape the illness. By the train loads. Of course, instead of fleeing from it, they brought it with them. In Sandusky, Ohio, 400 of the 3,400 residents died and were buried in a mass grave. Just another pile of bodies. 22% of this small town was wiped out. Sandusky residents still report hearing angry voices echoing down streets and alleys surrounding the cemetery. There are reports of unexplained lights moving throughout the cemetery and apparitions of spirits wandering the town searching for a resting place. Wouldn't you be mad? Like, you think your life is together and you're going to have more days and all of a sudden it's just over. Well, these people were, like, invading, essentially. And I don't really blame them, you know. Okay, let's say you have kids and you're a family of four. It's like, okay... You know, we're in a house that's connected to another house that's connected to another house that's connected to an upstairs apartment. You're just packed in like sardines. Yeah. You know, of course, disease is going to spread quickly. So what's your first step? Get, oh, get on a train. Get out and of that get town. out. Mm-hmm. But that was everybody's thought. So these and poor rural communities 
And granted, some of them probably would have gotten it from traveling into the metro areas. But they probably wouldn't have gotten it so hard. 22%. That doesn't sound like a lot, but when you really, let's say you're in a group of 3,400 people and then four of them drop dead instantly, just as a kind of a visual, that's a lot of fucking people. Yeah. That's why I think disease freaks me out more. Mm -hmm. Because it's not like anybody's being malicious. No. People you can take out. Disease you can't. And you're not really expecting it. Like, in a war, whether you want it or not, you can expect that that gun, those multiple guns that are pointed at you, are probably going to take a few people. Disease Mm -hmm. you don't know. You don't Mm -hmm. know if you're safe until you're just not. Right. Or it's over. And you survived. So that's what I have on disease. The plague, cholera, the Oregon Trail is what, and smallpox is what I, and that's just scratching the surface. Yeah, of, so of much all stuff of those things. Think of just history. There's so much stuff from Roman, Greek, Etruscan. There's so much stuff from way back then we don't even know. We don't even know. Yeah, even farther back. So I continued with war, and I looked into because this is something that just really touches my heart. Mm-hmm. I looked into the Indian Wars, and the one that really starts it, that everyone knows, is the Trail of Tears. Between 1831 and 1877, tens of thousands from the Cherokee, the Creek, the Seminole, the Chickasaw, the Choctaw, and the Ponca Indians were forced from their lands and pushed out to Oklahoma. Now, those people were already pushed. They were already pushed down south. And then they were pushed again, and then they were pushed again and again and again onto smaller and smaller and smaller reservation lands. It took three months to cross 60 miles. Just think of that. I mean, they were walking. There were barges that they couldn't get on. That's from here to Denver. That's it. It took them three months. There were barges like the Mississippi River because they were coming from Florida and the south areas. There were barges in the Mississippi. People wouldn't let them on (laughs) because of racism because they were Indian. Yeah. Because they had to pay them a certain amount. They had no money. It's not their money system. They had no money. Why would they? Why would they have money? It's not their culture. It's not their transactions to have. Yes. These people that ran the barges would literally sit on the barges, telling them to pay them, watching these children die on the other side, starve to death. They didn't care. They wanted their fucking money. And that's still how people are. Almost half of the Indians that walked on this died. Southern Illinois saw the most deaths. Mm -hmm. And today people can still hear sobbing. They see spirits at certain points along the way. So you can still go along the Trail of Tears. There are parks and signs and, you know, let's make it legitimize to this horrible, horrible, horrible event that was all because there's gold in them there hills and they didn't even find gold. You just put these horrible people on this horrible march and who's going to die first? To their death. March to their death. The kids. The kids are going to die first. You know, we talk about how horrible genocide is, and we don't acknowledge that we did it. What happened in our own country? Mm-hmm. No, because we, we're white. We only look at the fact that we would never do that. We fucking did that. Yeah, we absolutely did that. Mm-hmm. We had a president that vouched for it and wanted it to happen. Mm-hmm. Jackson. Yep. Oh, but he was fine because national parks. This is the one that really just touches my heart and it makes me sad. It makes me want to cry. 
which is interesting to me. This isn't even a guilt thing. My, just a little touch, my family didn't, we were Irish immigrants in the early, or the late 1900s. I I had nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. My family didn't touch this stuff at all. I just am so upset about it. And the one that will always, every single time I see it anywhere, I hear it talked about anywhere, it will make me cry. And I won't be surprised if it makes me cry now, is Wounded Knee. On December 29th, the U.S. Cavalry went into the Lakota camp to disarm them. There were scared parties on both sides. We had the Lakota who feared the cavalry who had lied to them at every single turn. And the cavalry was was scared of the Lakota that they didn't understand. They didn't understand the language. They didn't understand what they were doing. None of it. Which created an explosive situation, which did indeed explode. As the Lakotas were cut down, they tried to run away. But there were even soldiers hiding in ditches waiting for them to shoot them down. And that was kids, too. There were women, children, elders, everyone there. The Even kids, the strongest young man, though. That's yeah. It's still... They, and this is the part that always makes me cry, and I'll probably do it right now, but there were children that thought they were safe. They hid in bushes, and people lured them out, saying, you're safe, you're safe, you're safe, and then they shot them down. The reservation was so close at the time that they could hear the screams and the guns, And they brought them into the church, the dying people. I mean, the dead, they just left. But the dying people, they brought to the church on the reservation. And it was, they still had Christmas decorations up. And it was so jolly and fun. And this horrible, horrible, horrible event. In the end, 300 men, men, women, and children of the Lakota were dead. And 25 soldiers. 300 people and 25 soldiers that were prepared to fight. After the massacre, a blizzard arrived. And the Lakota were left on the ground. The, the soldiers were taken care of. The 25 men were taken. The Lakota bodies were left there. And people were unable to get to them for three days. Once they got there, they had to pry the frozen bodies off the ground. And they buried the Lakotas in a mass grave. They did not do that for the soldiers. They got proper burials. But right. the, the Lakota got a mass grave on frozen ground. Another body pit. Mm-hmm. And elders tried to bless as many as they could, but they obviously couldn't get to everybody. Yeah. To this day, on extremely cold nights, people from the reservation can still hear the screams. Okay, I need to say something real quick. We're not talking about hauntings to exploit these tragedies. I just need to throw that out there. Something about, I think, horror communities in general, and those of you that love horror movies and um, the paranormal... I think you as well have a deep respect for humanity. I feel like that's something that's not understood is that we're looked at as you just like torture. And death. And you want people to die. And and it's like blood and gruesome. You don't. You really understand how horrible what's true is. And I think horror does a good job of showing you that true face of humanity when a lot of people don't want to see it. Just in a more you know, dramatized and symbolic way. Yeah. You know, you look at the Saw movies, let's just say, for example, and it's this horrible, senseless torture. But then when you talk about things like this, it's not, it really happened. Like, it's horrible and senseless. I'm not saying that, but... People were, they were given medals for what they did here. Yeah. To women and children. And to men that just wanted to protect the women and children. Crying now. (laughs) And it shows you humanity. It, it, shows you a picture and you can be like, oh, yeah, like impaled. But, you know, I think, again, and my thoughts aren't super cohesive because 
you know, <laughs> you know, this is a wine <laughs> haunted happy hour. That's not very happy, but you know, it, most of them aren't going to be this serious, but no, this, this is something, this has been an intense one. And it's something that horror has taught me about those sides of humanity that people don't want to face. And I think horror fans maybe aren't better at facing it because we enjoy it, but we are more likely to accept that this is humanity and maybe want to do something about it. Yeah. That's just how I feel, you know. I feel like this true story is more horrifying to me than any horror movie could ever be. Yeah. The the grudge, the one that terrifies me the most and gives me nightmares, is even less horrifying than thinking of these poor people. They were surrendering and people just cut them down. And children were pulled out of bushes trying to save themselves because someone thought that they were lesser because of the color of their skin. Mm-hmm. That's so sad. Mm-hmm. They're babies. They don't understand. Yeah. And, you know, another thing, too, is maybe horror fans, and I don't really know why I've always been so drawn to horror. Maybe it's because having horror and people kill each other in movies distracts and it, there's things in all of us that are inherently, I think that we've, you know, we've all got good and we've all got some bad. Mm-hmm. And at least in horror movies, we can watch these things knowing they're fake and that we can yeah. move on from our, our, we can move on with our lives, but still get that, that violent fix, if you will, that if I have to, we need. if I have to say that. But then when you bring up, I think horror fans are also very sensitive to this kind of stuff because, we as and maybe i'm just talking for me and you but as kind of a community we look at these horrible things and we're like oh yeah michael get her you know what i mean and then and then it's over but we know that that's corn syrup and food dye and that now we've watched this violent thing and we'll move on and then we see this real violence and we know that it was the most horrifying thing that these people could have ever imagined going through and they went through it and it didn't end when the credits rolled yeah you know and it continued like i like i said before we forced these people onto reservations and then the most hated person in the world probably adolf hitler looked at us and went oh my god look what they did those people i could do that yeah he admired what we did to the indian and then took it and made it even worse to the jews mm-hmm. that's great that that's aw- that makes you feel amazing yeah so you know it just it brings it kind of we back to the paranormal part of it it makes you think even after these people are gone it will constantly remind us of what they went through and i'm grateful that i have opened myself up to at least reading about paranormal experiences and having the thought that that could happen and could be existing to the point of like, yes, that is absolutely existing and happening so that we don't forget. Because I think the paranormal realm, it coexists with us. Of course, there are those things that are malevolent and trying to hurt you uh, and get to you. But then there are those things I think that we need to coexist with so that we don't forget. Absolutely. And so that we don't move on and and repeat ourselves Because humans will always continue to move forward and make excuses for the same behavior over and over and over in different ways. Just like the Trail of Tears, just like the Holocaust. What, they weren't that different. 
They weren't. They, I mean, they were in a lot of aspects of how, but the theory was the same. You've got a people that you don't want there, so you're going to put them all in one place and make them live. And I, well, even you take better excuses, but you take the Trail of Tears, then you have Hitler taking it for the concentration camps, and then we take it back for the internment camps. Mm-hmm. Yes, we. It wasn't as torturous, I guess. I mean, with we let the people go eventually, but you still caged up these people and left them in these camps unattended to, uncared for, when they taken were, care of. This was their land. They were American people, but it was excused because they were Japanese. Yeah. That's just sad. Mm-hmm. Because, once again, the color of your skin, your religion, the color of your skin. Like, who knows? Our sex one day could just be. And it has. Women are still being exploited all over the world. My blonde hair or your brunette one day could just be taken. All brunettes are banned. Who knows? Yeah. Who honestly knows? Well, right now, I mean, if you look at the way that we treat Muslim people. Yeah. Because of the extremists. They're ex- look at the crusades yeah. in the 1600s. That's continuing. It's just different. Different. People persecuting we're different we're better. people. We're better. We're not better. We're the same. We're the exact same, just different technology. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to say better. Different. Mm-hmm. It just evolves with, with our world. Mm-hmm. And we have become so wrapped up in ourselves. Maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. You know, that we're not. But internet can make herd mentality worse and better. Exactly. You know? It's kind of a give and take. You can find groups of like-minded people. But then at the same time, a lot of us are just trying so hard to work to make enough money to survive that we're not paying attention to what's going we're on in our government. We're just letting it all go. Mm-hmm. Our sheeps. But that's not necessarily even like we're terrible people. It's just like you get so wrapped up in, I got to pay these bills. I'm depressed. Mm-hmm. I'm anxious. I need, I well, need, I want. essentially your life. How exactly. much are you supposed to care about everyone else? Which yeah. is sad, but that's basically what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're right, it's your own life, and you need to take care of that, but also your selfish decisions then affect everyone else. Yep. It's just like you've been on a small scale. Actually, no, not a small scale, a large scale plastic consumption. Absolutely. Families. Let's just look at us. You want those Ritz crackers? You want that Coke? You want... Yeah, let's just look at a family. Let's say a couple gets together and they have two kids. They have just doubled the amount of people that are consuming plastic in their world. In their small little home. And they're just throwing it away. Mm-hmm. What happens to that plastic? Just because it disappears from your house does not mean it disappears from the environment. Exactly. And I'm not putting parents on blast by any means. Diapers. Look we, at those. We <laughs> consume, as a world, we consume one and a half times the earth in plastic every single year. Mm-hmm. Where do we get that extra plastic? I mean, we consume one earth. Where do we get the extra half of plastic? We get it from recycling. And now we can't even recycle because the countries that were doing it are getting diseases. Like mm-hmm. poor Chinese people that are taking it over and going, we'll recycle it. Or like, we're not doing it anymore because our people are getting cancers that we can't figure out. We're getting these diseases we can't figure out. That's not fair. And the Philippines, can, Canada dumped some stuff on them years and years ago. And they they threatened to declare war on Canada if Canada doesn't come clean up the shit that they dumped there. We're just dumping it on... We have nowhere to put it anymore. We're just like, okay, here, take it. Yeah. So this was, um. This was a deep one. I did not expect this to go this 
We expected it to be a lot, like, ghost creepier, but this ended up just as a people are scary. Yeah. Society is scary. So for future reference, they're not all going to be this doom and gloom. (laughs) I mean, I'm freaked out now. (laughs) I mean, yeah, successfully so, I guess, but not because of ghosts. They have a right to remind us what happened to them, I think. You know? Yeah. Or even if it's just energy, like you said. It has a right to be there because we need to remember. So I just asked Kristen if she had anything else that she wanted to talk about before we wrapped up this episode. And um, she said, uh, no, just like the loss of your soul is what you said. Yeah. Yeah. So thank you guys, our loyal listeners, the several of you that are out there um, for hanging in there with us. We're at a minute 40 of raw audio talking about, (laughs) about the... I'm sorry. What did I say? A minute 40? Yeah. That was way past that. Yeah. It's uh, an hour 40 of audio. There will be more fun ones. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. I'm really... This ex- went dark. It did. But you know what? That's life. Yeah. And I'm glad that you guys get to get in on a real... Because we have these conversations. All the time, All dude. the time. Just sitting Not in our on office. Audio. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm glad you guys got to join us. And I hope that you took something away from it. And I hope that wasn't... We have to unsubscribe to the Exorcist right now. <laughs> please don't the rest of them won't be this bad i'm sorry you can just ignore this one if it's that bad yeah and i'm gonna put a disclaimer on instagram and facebook but thank you so much for joining us for our second haunted happy hour despite the fact that we may both have cried we did actually enjoy it we're gonna go watch south park now drunk so yes, that's please that's something we've got going for us my right soul now. has died a little bit let's uh invigorate it with some butters Got it. So again, thank you for joining us. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at the Extra Sisters Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at the Extra Sisters. And if you need to complain about how this ruined your soul or how annoying this was, you can email us at the Extra Sisters at gmail.com. Or you can DM us and we'll join in. DM us, yeah. We'll agree with you that this is probably Email us. <laughs> we'll saddest. email back and forth to be so sad. Yeah. So until next time. Stay creepy.